Yes, it is. Free Talk Live. The live call-in radio talk program where you can take control of the airwaves and talk about whatever is on your mind. The telephone number here in studio is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. If you would like to join us on the airwaves and on internet streams and some satellite broadcasts in the conversations that we will have today. In the studio, it is myself. I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me... It's Ian. And nobody. And I purposefully sandbagged this specific article because, well, nobody and Ian, I wanted to get your opinions on it and your discussions surrounding it because I, I wonder how far-reaching this may become. Uh, It is exclusive to Washington State at this time, but according to this article from Crosscut.com, the Washington Supreme Court drug possession ruling upends Washington's criminal justice system. In the Blake decision, the Washington Supreme Court voided most drug possession cases in the state Wow. How? The implications will be huge. Well, that's a good question, and I'm glad you asked. Uh, When Kelly Vamaka first read that the Washington Supreme Court had struck down the law criminalizing drug possession in the state, she was in disbelief. The Blake decision, named for the woman as its center, was not at all on Vamaka's radar. While she was peripherally aware of the case, she would not have guessed that this is where it would lead. In this, she was not alone. Attorneys, advocates, lawmakers, even the lawyer who argued before the nine justices on Shannon Blake's behalf were all surprised that the court would take the case of a woman with drugs in her jean pockets to such lengths. This came out of the sky one day, said Vomaka, a defense attorney based in Tukwila. Her reaction? Stunned. For advocates of drug policy reform and those in the world of criminal defense, the ruling, quote, was a much-needed nail in the coffin on the war on drugs, unquote. It's about friggin' time. (laughs) But wait, there's more. Hmm. This is the Ginsu article. Uh, That was Ali Homan, the director of legal services at the Washington Defender Association. Meanwhile, many prosecutors, law enforcement officials, and lawmakers are nervous. Hmm about its implications, and you'll find out why shortly. Uh, Regardless, all agree that the Blake decision is and will be viewed as a landmark one and one whose chain reaction extends well beyond those charged with simple drug possession. Inmates held on multiple charges may need resentencing. Those rearrested for parole violations may have their records cleared. And that's going to be a lot of people. There are a ton of people who got a violation of probation simply because they had some marijuana on them at one point. Oh, yeah. Indeed. Every year there are more more arrests for marijuana than for all violent crimes combined. So, you know, most of what we pay for the criminal justice system goes to micromanage people's blood chemistry. I'm glad you mentioned pay because fees and fines may need refunding. 
immigrants facing <laughs> immigrants facing deportation for drug felonies may be allowed to stay. Yeehaw! The list goes on. So I just want to recap that. Inmates held on multiple charges may need resentencing. That's one. Those rearrested for parole violations may have their records cleared. That's two. Fees and fines may need refunding. Uh, that's three. Seems to Four. be the least likely to happen. Right. Immigrants facing deportation for drug felonies may be allowed to stay, and then the list goes on, they say. So those are the you know top five on their list, apparently. Well, what they, what they missed there, and maybe I missed them not missing it, was... You know, it's it sounds like just the obvious thing that a lot of people are just in jail for possession of drugs. Right. May well just get out. For sure. That have the records cleared. That seems the most humans obvious one, yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. Be treated like, you know, regular people. How about mm. uh, because drug possession can be a felony? How about folks having their rights restored? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the you right know. to keep and bear arms. All of that. Uh, and hopefully one step further toward hanging the drug warriors for crimes against humanity. That, that, that still ways to go before that happens. Yeah, that well, one, you can take people's lives from them, but that's not going to make you feel whole. Uh, <laughs> no, but it may well make people think Nobody twice about starting another pointless war with their own people for literally nothing did nuremberg make them uh, think twice um i don't know we haven't Doesn't had another like holocaust it. since well yeah we haven't had another exactly the same holocaust but, but well you, i was gonna say it it seems mm, very presumptive of the human race to refer to it as the holocaust because i'm certain there's been more than one yeah. Uh, well, there definitely def- has. I mean, there I mean, what's happening the, to the Uyghurs uh, right now? Right. Yeah, the genocide against the Armenians and during World War One. Of course, that strikes close to home because my grandparents' entire families were slaughtered in that. We still have people saying regularly over here, "I'm just following orders." We still hear yeah. that excuse all the time, time and time again. Heck, I think we heard it uh, just uh, over the last couple of days this weekend with some activism going on. Here in New Hampshire and some videos that I saw, I think we, oh, I'm just doing my job, right? From it sounds familiar. I forget which one it was, but that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but going on with this article. Hey, can you imagine an assassin saying that? <laughs> like, sorry, I'm going to kill you, dude, but I'm just doing my job. Mm-hmm. You got to understand, oh, right? I, I, went to, I went to work with this guy who was uh, a former sniper in one of the armed forces. I'm not sure which one. I think he was a Marine. They're always sniping at people. And we were at a company function, right? It was like a, maybe a holiday party for the company that I worked for. And he, he had a couple of cocktails in him. And I was just sitting there. One of the other guys that, that we worked with asked this guy, you know, hey, what was it like being a sniper in the military? And this guy already, like, I kind of had a, you know, a weird vibe about the guy. I felt like he was kind of, you know, teetering on the edge of crazy town. But uh, Well, that kind of uh, life experience doesn't tend to make you saner. Right. So he goes on to say, he's like, well, uh, it was interesting because I, I was so far away from the person. I could see them, of course, through the scope, but then I could just pull the trigger and they were dead and it didn't bother me at all. Mm. And I don't know why. And I was like, I just sat there. I didn't say anything, but I was like stunned in disbelief. I'm like, you know, uh, here's what happens to a man who's taught how to murder for you know, uh, the military, right? You might be a monster. 
That yeah. might be why it didn't and affect you. It's self-aware that, yes, I did commit murder and that, yes, I just took out a human being. But for some reason, it didn't bother me. No, see, it's not murder yeah. when they do it because it's then it's an authorized legal taking of life. Yeah. Well, the reason I think it, it doesn't bother at least some people who are in that situation is because mankind has always um, had the need from time to time to engage in combat. And so humans, especially men, have developed the ability to dehumanize someone once they've been classified in their name as the enemy. Right, and of course now institutions have taken or in that, their mind yeah, as the enemy. Institutions have taken that and made it uh, almost a scholastic subject. Oh yeah, they've 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 built a whole mythology around making it easier for people uh, people to do that. You know, I remember just after nine eleven, some of the things uh, people were saying about Muslims. Oh, they they're not like us. They all they care about is killing us. And they were saying exactly the same things about the Japanese during World War II. Yeah, it's kind of like when you're driving or passengering in a vehicle, a car, and you're on the roads. The other guy is always the a-hole. It's never you or the car that you're in being the a-hole. It's always the other guy. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. I can see how you can do it, having been made war on without reason myself. 603-283-6160. We'll talk more about the Supreme Court case coming up. Welcome back to the program, everybody. It is Free Talk Live, the Monday night edition. The telephone number in studio is 603-283-6160. We'll get to your calls and thoughts momentarily. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. It's Ian. And nobody. We've been talking about this article from Crosscut.com where there has been what appears to be a landmark ruling in which the Washington Supreme Court has voided most drug possession cases in the state. We've only sort of touched on the first bit of this article, and there's another bit to it that is equally, if not more important, that we will get to, of course, but first, let's go to, well, let's go to Dustin, who's calling from Kansas. Dustin, you're on Free Talk Live. Oopsie, that hard count of Gatorade and that cigarette of um, crack cocaine, but I'd like to give another hoop. Is to he DJ talking Hunter about crack cocaine on every single phone call now? No, 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 it, it's, it's a cigarette addiction. I do not freebase cocaine. <laughs> it's a cigarette addiction. It's a gateway drug of nicotine. So yeah. cocaine is a gateway the, drug to nicotine? That seems like, backwards. Like the marijuana, they say in the government. I have, like as usual, I have no idea what uh, this gentleman is trying to say. I'm sure he's a very nice man. However, he cannot communicate uh, to save his life. I usually just let him babble for a while and then go, what? Yeah. I, I, I've what got are you trying to say? Huh? Maybe he's been smoking I, the crack. I don't know what he's doing, but he ain't making much sense. 
No, it's Hoopty DJ Connor talking Tea Party and, and FOP that the the good honest knows Constitution, Conscience Institute, Institute, institution, um, Martial Law because nobody can remember the paragraphs. You know, El, you I know hope Dolly you're able Parton's to watch yourself. Wow. You know, man. Dolly Parton's elephantitis. Trump and Biden has elephantitis of the PP. Dolly Parton had Trump and Biden have elephantitis of the PP. That's right, enough. Wow. <laughs> Dolly Parton had, you know, a couple of redeeming <laughs> qualities, but I don't know about elephantitis. <laughs> wow. What? I think they call that jumping shark. <laughs> I I can't even, like, babble incoherently on purpose. Yeah, it's hard to do. Right? I think he, my, my impression was that he was, though. I, oh, no. <sighs> I'm pretty sure that's... Who that guy really is? Like the first you time, so? the first time he called, I thought, "I'm like, okay, maybe he's trying to do one of these things where he's trying to communicate with some people mm. by using like code words, like and, aliens, you know, he's trying yeah, to talk to the aliens, or dog you know? whistles, yeah." And then, you know, the next time he called, I'm like, "Okay, nope, that's not it." <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> this does not make sense. If Chewbacca is a Wookiee, you must quit. Chewbacca is a Wookiee. All right, so how did this... You must uh, all right, so, uh, in a, All the drug prohibition or nearly... Or not drug prohibition. Possession charges were overturned or are going to be overturned. What happened? It appears to be so. Uh, in addition to everything we've talked about already, that's the, you know, folks can't be... Or folks rearrested for parole violations, having the records cleared, fees and fines possibly being refunded, immigrants facing deportation for drug felonies may be allowed to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, On Thursday, two organizations, the Public Defender Association and the Civil Survival Project, filed a lawsuit demanding repayment of past legal financial obligations on behalf of possibly thousands of people convicted under the now-voided law. So, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. I, I make a joke all the time about, you know, when it comes tax time and you get your... They call it the tax refund check. I was like, you just got your change back. You didn't get a refund. This might actually be a refund mm-hmm. for some of these people. They ought to pay for it Caligula style. <laughs> you know, you know, Caligula paid for things. Laid on me, bro. He thought the Senate was spending too much money in in Rome, so he built a built a uh, a brothel and threw their wives in it. Ooh. <laughs> Cold and Caligulating. Wait, no, that doesn't make that doesn't make. I will just continue with the article. Uh, we think this is a $100 million issue, said Juliana Rowe, policy director of Washington State Association of Counties. Drug charges, as one attorney put it, are central to the DNA of the country's criminal justice system, adding months to sentences, often leading to downstream consequences. And now that DNA must be extracted in Washington. What's more, even if lawmakers were to pass a new law tomorrow, a pillar of the legal system is that new laws cannot criminalize past behavior, which mm-hmm. means there's no going back from the Blake decision. This case was cataclysmic, said Homan. From here onward, we're going to be saying before Blake and <laughs> after Blake. Wow. So at the core of the Blake decision is the question of the state's power to police. When it came to drug possession, Washington was the only state remaining in which prosecutors did not need to prove intent. Imagine, though, thinking, I mean, cataclysmic, think of that word. Imagine thinking it's a horrible thing if you can't ruin people's lives for nothing. 
Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, this right. guy really thinks that in order for it to be a decent world, we have to be able to ruin people's lives for no reason. Yeah, when there was no victim, no person, no property was harmed. Yeah. These are victimless crimes. The only the only criminals involved were the pigs. The, the legislators, the prosecution, the court, the system, prosecution, the police. Right, you. They that. were the criminals, indeed, and they should pay. So this situation came to a head in 2016 when Spokane police served a search warrant seeking evidence of stolen vehicles. Among those they arrested was Shannon Blake. At the jail, an officer found a bag of methamphetamine in her back pocket. Blake claimed to the officers and later in court that the jeans were her friends and she did not know. That there were drugs in the pockets. I mean, we've heard that before, right? Unlike most parts of the law, the burden of proof fell not on the prosecution, but on Blake. If the drugs were indeed not Blake's, it was her job to prove it. That's not how this is supposed to work. Well, they just mentioned that Washington State was the last one where they had to prove intent. Uh Uh-huh. And so that's why... Wait, where they had to prove intent or didn't have to prove intent? When it came to drug possession, Washington was the only state remaining in which prosecutors did not need to prove intent. Meaning all the other states have to prove intent to get a uh, conviction. Correct. Uh, yeah, there's like there was a guy who got um, convicted in San, or I'm sorry, acquitted in San Francisco. But the the story that got him acquitted because the jury believed him was, oh, he had some mushrooms in his, in the bottom of his backpack. Mm-hmm. He said, oh yeah, I I traded some weed to some hippies for those, and I forgot all about them. Well, the thing is, he didn't know he was in possession of them, and therefore he wasn't guilty of a crime. Hmm, even though he admitted to trading weed for them? Uh, yeah. Huh. Go so, figure. So Blake's lawyer, Richard Leachich, I'm probably mispronouncing that, told Crosscut that this gave enormous discretion to police and prosecutors, uh, referring to that Blake uh, had to prove that uh, it was her job to prove that the drugs were not hers instead of the prosecution's job to prove intent. By way of example, he pointed to a recent case in Seattle in which a woman purchased a crochet kit from a thrift store only to find a kilo of cocaine tucked inside. Never happens to me either, nobody. 603-283-6160. We'll talk more about this Supreme Court case in Washington State. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Ward. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com
Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. It is Free Talk Live. The telephone number in the studio is 603-283-6160. Grab a crayon and jot these 10 digits down on your fridge or you know, the wall of your living room or whatever you need to do. 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Yeah, it's Ian. And the nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. I wanted to tell you that Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. You can go there now and click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you will find a cornucopia of information neatly organized by your needs. There is no longer any excuse for ignorance of this important world-changing information. If you are a knowledgeable crypto user, check out news.bitcoin.com where you can get the latest headlines of all the news relevant to you. Bitcoin.com is your source for buying cryptocurrency, getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news all on a slick and very easy-to-use website. Please visit Bitcoin.com. All right, we've been talking about this article from CrossCut where the Supreme Court in Washington State has voided most drug possession cases by way of this Blake decision. Uh, and uh, it's named after the person, obviously, whom the decision was made for. And we've been talking about what happened uh, in Spokane in 2016. Where Somebody was arrested Shannon during Blake. A, a warrant relating to stolen vehicles. They had methamphetamine in the person's be- lady's back pocket. She claimed they were her friend's jeans. She had no idea they were there were drugs in there. Right. And the article continued to say that if the drugs were indeed not hers, it was her job to prove it. And uh, the article gave an example. Uh, when Blake's case made... Well, its- and that's because in this one state, they don't have to... Prosecutors don't have to prove intent. Correct. They're the only state in the... Or the last state in the union that still has that. Apparently, other states did. I was unaware of that mm-hmm. until I read this article. Uh, when Blake's case made its way to the Washington Supreme Court... Uh, Lechich's primary argument was that Washington's drug possession law actually did imply that prosecutors must prove intent. By this argument, a new precedent could have been set and Blake cleared of her charges, but the law itself would likely have been left to stand. But as his secondary argument, Lechich argued that if intent was not implied, then the whole law ought to be found unconstitutional as a violation of the tenet that people are innocent until proven guilty. So in a narrow five to four decision, the justices agreed with Lachich's second argument, surprising the attorney himself. They ultimately concluded that lawmakers had been aware of the whole in the statute for many years, but decided not to change it. Hmm. The whole law, therefore, was unconstitutional, meaning every case that involved drug possession must be reexamined. I don't know. Not if they took a guilty plea. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Never take the plea. So the article continues, the consequences do seem very large just because there are so many convictions for possession of a controlled substance, said Lachich. Hmm. The consequences of the ruling were immediate, within hours. Well, hold on. I, I guess they could argue that even on the cases where people took took a guilty plea, 
maybe they could argue that the uh, the defense attorney, usually a public defender, didn't know you know all the aspects or the ins and outs of how this law was written, and they gave you bad information on which you like. Oh, look, you're going to get found guilty. You better just plead guilty. Well, they didn't know about this intent aspect or the fact that this thing could be unconstitutional so they didn't inform their client fully on what their odds would have been if they'd gone with not guilty i don't know it's a stretch yeah i was just thinking don't don't they always say that ignorance of the law is not an excuse they do say that i don't know if that has any actual uh, application well, in ignorance a court of situation. the law on your part is not an excuse but ignorance of the law on your attorney's part can be ineffective representation mm-hmm. by counsel okay all right that's that's what i was looking for is like some application of yeah. you know where mm-hmm. does where does that turn i know like for somebody who's being prosecuted right the accused right it's it's on you but like how does it apply to attorneys or the prosecutor or the judges and, and that type of thing mm-hmm. so uh, the consequences of this ruling were immediate. Within hours, the Washington Association of Sheriffs and Police Chiefs put out a statement that law enforcement should stop taking any actions related to simple drug possession. Wow. It's about time. That's amazing. Pending cases ought to be dismissed, they said. And warrants for people on simple drug possession should be voided. The Seattle Police Department said its officers would no longer confiscate drugs or arrest anyone for simple possession. It's a very, very significant decision, said Steve Strachan, executive director of Sheriffs and Police Chiefs Association. It's still a little hard for me to get my head around exactly what they overturned here. My understanding so far is the Supreme Court said that the original intent of the legislation could be implied or could could be interpreted that it implied that intent must be proven. But over all this time, they haven't been proving intent. And so therefore, almost all of these cases should be overturned. Did that's, I understand that correctly? That's, that's how I understand yeah, it. So yeah. basically, this is only going to affect Washington State and all other state laws are going to remain intact because they have to prove intent. This is not going to affect anyone outside of Washington they State. Would, they, Washington State would have to rewrite a new law. Which they could do. Right, which they yeah. could do, but and they may do, but it won't. It can't affect anybody pre prior to the law. Right, being ex post written. facto, I believe is, right. is that yeah. term, terminology yes. there. The software term is backwards compatible. The mm-hmm. law that they, the new law that they may introduce, or goes from that will, day forward. Goes from that day forward right. and can't be retroactive. So that's great news for the people who've been convicted of drug possession in Washington State. But I, I really wish this had a larger implication beyond Washington State. But if all the other states have their laws quote unquote written correctly which of course we don't think this is, any of this should mm-hmm. exist i mean the prohibition is a terrible idea it needs to end i mean if it has to end in the way that it's ending here then that's fine whatever it takes to end it but again that presumes that they're not going to just move forward and reprohibit all these drugs with the you know the swift mm-hmm. wick of a pen i don't know it to me it's just a part of the crumbling of the evil empire mm-hmm. You know, they uh, they they're finally starting to actually apply some of the principles that apply to little things, things the government doesn't care very much about, like murder (laughs) and say those even have to be applied to those evil bastards who smoked some weed.
I've jumped forward a little bit. Just I'm scanning through this article to see because it's a, lo- it's a lengthy was, story. It is. I was under the impression that the implications were uh, far more than just Washington State. Although there is a paragraph here that says, it "But will- this wasn't based on some sort of principle of oh, hey, the right to seek freedom for yourself means you should be able to have a chemical on you or a plant on you if you want to." That wasn't what this was about. It was about some sort of legal issue with not having to prove intent. And that's that. I guess that's something you have to prove generally for a criminal conviction. I don't know. Yeah, normally the what is the preponderance of evidence must be supplied by the prosecution, right? Well, no, uh, for preponderance uh, of the criminal evidence is for a uh, civil case. Yeah, for criminal, it's beyond a reasonable doubt. Oh, beyond a yes. reasonable. Okay, all right, all right. So it does say uh, it will likely take years to sort out all of the implications of the ruling. How it's applied and interpreted will almost certainly depend on the prosecutor in any given county. Uh, in conclusion, it says it is unclear exactly how many people the new ruling will affect. Legal organizations and government agencies are still counting. Uh, Homan of the Washington Defender Association said one colleague described the process of untangling the Blake decision as an onion and we just have to go a layer at a time. I hope they cry while they're doing mm. it. I do too. Uh, 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is on the way. Welcome back, everyone. It is Free Talk Live, the live call-in radio program where you can take control of the airwaves, talk about anything that's on your mind. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. It's Ian. And nobody. Our telephone number is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160 if you'd like to call in and voice your thoughts. We've been talking about this article from Crosscut.com where in the state of Washington, the Supreme Court has apparently voided most drug possession cases due to a law in the books where intent was not necessary in prosecuting these. And this article was admittedly a bit confusing to us here in the studio. Well, hold on. Before you go, I just wanted to add this. Uh, Yes. Think about how many people who have taken a guilty plea on drug possession didn't know that intent was going to be required. Like in the other 49 states, where apparently intent was a required aspect of getting a guilty conviction, most people just figured, well, they caught me with the drugs. They were my drugs, so I'll take a guilty plea. Right. But they actually had to prove intent. You have to prove that the person knew that there were drugs on them. Well, if you don't say to the cops when they're arresting you, "Oh yeah, those are my, you know, those are my pills or whatever." Well, okay, now they, now right. they know you've admitted to it. Uh, whereas and we you, don't do that because we don't talk to cops, right? Whereas if you don't say anything to the police, they then they supposedly have to prove that you knew you had those drugs on you. And how the hell can they prove that? Right. So yeah. now you've got uh, Washington State overturning basically through its Supreme Court. Drug possession, simple drug possession, which is interesting because Oregon, through the legislative process, or not legislative, through the ballot initiative process, 
uh, decriminalized possession. simple possession right. of drugs in the November election. Yep. So now you've got those two next door states uh, where basically possession of drugs is now legal. They're telling the cops to stop investigating and arresting people for in Seattle for and other possession. parts of, of Washington state for simple possession at yeah. this point. That's a that's a huge change. And I just want to make it clear to the listeners that we're not just talking about marijuana. We're talking about All possession drugs. of drugs. All any, drugs. Any which, schedule, doesn't matter. Which makes it even more liberated in that way than the state of Oregon because Oregon created a legal process, right? Like they just decriminalized in Oregon, meaning that right. you can probably still get a ticket. I'm not sure what the exact punishment is, but I suspect it's still a ticketable offense. They may still take the drugs from you uh, in Oregon. In Washington, they're being told to not even investigate. Right. They won't mess with you at all. Right. So, I mean, this is uh, tremendous news here. And I do have another interpretation of what happened, if you'd like to hear that, Captain. I would, actually. I did want to just remark, though, as I was scanning through that there seemed to have been somebody. We talked about that, you know, we we felt like they would introduce a bill to sort of replace this since it got kicked, tossed out, so to speak. Uh, and it says Senator State Mark Mullet. <laughs> yes, that's his real name. <laughs> Business in the front, party in the rear. Mark Mullet uh, introduced a bill that reinstates the same language, but adds the word knowingly. So Mullet said mm. that he generally supports finding new ways to get people out of jail and into treatment, but said, I'm drawing the line at legalizing all possession without also scaling up alternatives. So, indeed, somebody had uh, already written by the time, you know, this article was published. Oh, yeah. You know, something to uh, recriminalize. recriminalize. Yeah, because yeah, people aren't Hasn't ready. Hasn't been passed yet. But. Right. People aren't ready to end drug prohibition, sadly. Well, I am. Uh, generally, but... I'm a people, and I'm ready. That's a good point. And I was really happy and surprised that Oregon actually did vote for drug decriminalization. So maybe it is time. Maybe this won't get uh, the feet underneath it that it needs politically to uh, to get passed. We can only hope. It'd be great. Let's hear uh, this Actually, you know what? My computer froze, so I don't have it we'll anymore. We'll put a hat on it. But effectively, it was pointing out the legal terminology is called a, a mens rea. M-E-N-S-R- EA, I think it, I think mens, it was. Mens rea, yeah, that it's, uh, it's the state of mind. Yeah, the state of knowing, I believe, is what it was defined mm. as. That, uh, that that is not in, uh, in the statutes of uh, Washington state that the, uh, the state Supreme Court had already ruled in prior cases that intent or mens rea was not included in the requirements. Yeah, you've, you've got it here. Uh, Captain, let's see if I can find these. The Supreme Court ruled previously in more than one case that they believe the intent of the legislature was not to include a mens rea in that statute, but they never ruled on whether that made it unconstitutional. And now they have. And they because that's what happens in a Supreme Court case. The Supreme Court, you you go into the Supreme Court, you make 10 arguments and the Supreme Court can look at only one of those arguments and say, okay, that's enough to overturn this case. We're overturning the case based on this one thing. And ignore the other nine that you put in. So this was the first time that the Supreme Court had, after however many decades right, yeah. of drug prohibition, this was the first time they've ever been asked to look at this. And they could have ignored it because, it was remember, there was two arguments that the lawyer had made. Right. And even the lawyer was surprised. He was surprised that they, not that they looked at, he was surprised that they didn't look at the first argument. He was surprised that they looked at the second That's argument. That's what I'm saying. Because yeah. they can choose. Right. 
You know, you as the lawyer, you want to make every argument because you want your case to get, you know, overturned. You want to win. But he didn't know this was I mean, this was like a Hail Mary kind of argument that he made. Never expected the court to actually consider it or look at it, but they did, and now they've overturned uh, the entire drug possession statute in the state of Washington. So the text Hail of- Mary full of vodka, blessed are thou amongst cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> the, the text of the bit from Reason says, in an opinion issued on Thursday, the court concluded that the absence of mens rea, uh, a guilty mind, quote That's unquote, what it means in Latin. Right. Requirement violated the right to due process right. as a so, result of the decision. So, so it's right. unconstitutional. And Washington police have indeed stopped arresting people for simple possession while prosecutors are dropping pending cases and seeking orders vacating past convictions under the law. Now, I think it's unconstitutional, all drug prohibition in all 50 states, because it violates your right to conscience, it violates your right to possession of the things that make you happy, of the things that, if you're in seek of happiness, and this is something that brings you happiness, then, or whether it brings you happiness or not, just because you're seeking it, you should be able to have these things. Yeah, I mean, people say, oh, well, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness doesn't have any... uh, any constitutional bearing because it's in the uh, Declaration of Independence rather than in the Constitution, but they forget about the Ninth Amendment, which says that the uh, the enumeration in this Constitution of certain rights shall not be held to deny or disparage others retained by the people. So, you know, the... Uh, the uh, Really, in if the society wanted to be moral, they would have two choices. They would have to either start respecting our rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, or belatedly surrender to the British and say, yeah, we didn't really have the right to withdraw from the British Empire at all. Washington State Senator Hobbs thinks it's kind of crazy that people cannot be arrested and locked in a cage for possessing an arbitrarily prescribed intoxicant. To the contrary. It's kind of amazing that people can be arrested for that. That's to me. Our, posi- our, our, I mean, our position on it, yes. Mine, anyway. I just, you and I agree. It's incomprehensible to me. Inconceivable. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I would really love it. If somebody would form a gang and start finding some random thing that legislators do, like drink alcohol and just go drag them out of their homes, throw them in prison. Yeah, or wear a specific tie or something. Yeah, yeah wear a tie I don't like. Wear a purple hat. I uh, Speaking of ties, and this is just a random segue, um, I'm of the opinion that the tie is... You know, I don't wear a tie like ever. Hmm. I, I'll go to a funeral. I won't wear a tie. Uh, if I ever got to go to court, not wearing a tie. <laughs> right? Uh, I, you know, uh, I have to relook it up every time. I, I only do it like once a year for some fancy dress event or whatever, and I always have to re relook up how to do it. No, I, don't I, I know how to do it, but I I look at ties as a symbol of the establishment. Uh huh. Yeah. In my opinion, this is you know, if you're wearing a tie, you are basically saying I participate in the craziness that is the establishment. You're also giving you people a handle to choke you to death with. Yeah, and I don't understand. I mean, it seems just like an elitist thing. It's like golf, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't like golf for the same reason. Golf seems very elitist to me. Wearing a tie seems very elitist to me. I'm part of the club. <laughs> Look at me in my fancy tie. I'm, I'm sorry, now. 
603-283-6160 is the telephone number here in the studio if you'd like to join us. Our number two of Free Talk Live is on the way. Look, I'm sorry, but you're in for a world of pain if you use Coinomi. The reason is their wallet doesn't support payments. The solution is simple. Let them hear your voice. Message Coinomi on Twitter. It takes five seconds and tell them any pay sent you because they're on the fence right now. And your voice will prove that people care about using Bitcoin for payments. Go tweet at Coinomi now or even better, leave a review in the app store. They really pay attention there. Thanks. Free Talk Live. Yes, it is Free Talk Live. You are in the right place for the live call-in talk radio program that you can take control of. Talk about anything that's on your mind. The telephone number here is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. Those are the magic 10 digits to get you on the air. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Yeah, it's Ian. And nobody. Gonna switch gears here going into hour number two because, well, this came across my feeds and some other hosts as well. And, you know, Ian, you and I have talked about, you know, if it, if two hosts come up with the same thing, why? It you must know, be talked it, about. It must be talked about. This from the freethoughtproject.com. U.S. COVID relief, and I'm going to clarify here, this headline is talking about all three of the COVID relief things that have been passed so far combined. U.S. COVID relief was enough to give every taxpayer $41,870, but we got peanuts instead. And considering that they stole our lives for a year, um, you know, that would be a far more reasonable compensation rather than, you know giving us what 600 bucks and then handing out trillions <laughs> to corporations who are not last i heard even susceptible to covid oh how about sending money overseas to foreign countries for reasons yeah well you know the uh, foreign aid the art of redistributing money from poor people in rich countries to rich people in poor countries indeed so President Biden just signed his sweeping 1.9 trillion t- 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 trillion spending package into law. Once this bill hits the books, total taxpayer expenditure on COVID relief will hit six trillion again with a t- a t trillion, which roughly mm-hmm. estimated comes out to forty one thousand eight hundred and seventy dollars in spending per federal taxpayer. So then there's another way to look at it. Rather than saying this is what you could have gotten, say this is what you're on the hook for. Correct. On average, plus interest Mm. for the privilege 
of being robbed of your right to work for a year. Right. So if they took, say, $41,870 from every taxpayer and turned around and gave you what 1200 and then 600 and now 1400 so that's two i only got 600 3200 bucks right uh, at max right then that seems like a raw deal yeah it seems like enough of a raw deal that we should be hanging these people in the streets the article actually asks the question separately did you see anywhere near that much in benefit i know i didn't god no the sheer all I saw is seventy pounds of weight gains from sitting around doing nothing. Yeah, I gotta say, I don't think that hanging people in the streets is uh, is going to help. I think that maybe mass non cooperation would get you where you want to go. Well, the thing is, without blood on your hands, when when no, when you don't cooperate, that's when they come and do violence to you. And the nice thing about killing them first is they can't do it to you. Then, yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's going to work out the way you're hoping for. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not a violent man by nature, except for in the areas of self-defense, although it could be argued. Well, it is that, self-defense. That, exactly. I mean, we're being robbed blind. The well, organ- they've been doing that for a long time. Yeah, and, and, it, and they're not going to stop until we make them nobody, stop, until they have no choice. Nobody seems to be defending us, and by that I mean nobody is, you know, speaking out. It's true. Yeah. I mean, it's an easy thing to say, um, but, you know, to actually go out and do it would mean that you're probably going to get killed, which is, I suspect, suspect why you don't do it, nobody, and you just talk about it. Well, we shall see. Maybe maybe I'm wait. See, the the thing is, God favors large armies. Mm. So, uh, you know, well, if you it's have not a large the sort enough... of thing you want to go out and do by yourself. I see. Well, <laughs> if you if you have enough people, then you can do a lot more than just use use them for violence. You can do more creative things than that. You could like get them all to move to one certain area and secede from the violent yeah, gang that's of something criminals you could that do. are doing the badness to everybody. Just be careful that you don't become what you hate by using mm. their tools. Well. I I still have never even considered becoming an aggressor. I just consider self-defense from time to time. Indeed. The sheer immensity of this spending is hard to grasp. For context, $6 trillion is more than one-fourth of what the U.S. economy produces in an entire year, according to Fox Business. The COVID spending blowout is at least eight times bigger than the inflation-adjusted price tag of President Franklin Delano Roosevelt's New Deal. Wow, then the inflation-adjusted price tag of the New Deal. Eight times oh, bigger. Man. Now, does this include the $1.9 trillion? It does, it right? Does. Okay. Yes, yes. okay. So it, uh, all three of the mm-hmm. COVID relief, we'll call them bills. Yeah, and you know there's going to be another one before the end of the year. Oh, of course there is. They're having too much fun. Oh, yeah. They're not slowing this down. Giving money to all their friends and, uh, you know, in the form of, well, as we said, foreign aid. Uh, And then it shuffles, of course, back to them uh, over here by way of Mm. doing that. The payoffs and the ripoffs and the things nobody saw. Uh, Moreover, the COVID spending bills have all lost huge sums of money to unrelated carve-outs, politician pet projects, corporate bailouts, fraud, waste, and worse. In the latest $1.9 trillion package, more than 90% of the spending is not directly related to containing COVID-19. Only 1% <laughs> of the money, about $15 to $20 billion, 
is spent on vaccines. <laughs> Meanwhile, hundreds of... Not that I'd want a vaccine anyway. Right. right. Mean, but I mean, it's they're just not even, pork. It's just political. They're, they're not projects. even trying to hide it. No. Nope. Why point, should they? You know? Why should they? What's going to change? Yeah, nothing apparently, unless an army not of nobodies rises not up. Until and, you people know. stop fearing the government and they make the government fear the people. Doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon. Well, it may nope. eventually. Not enough. People not enough people together. There's not enough people together who actually care about freedom. Zama's mad as hell. Yeah, they're not. They're not even willing to get up and move somewhere. Nobody. You think they're going to actually stand up and you know do violence? Not going to happen. Need an army of nobodies. Meanwhile, hundreds of billions of dollars go to bailing out poorly managed state government budget holes Mm-mm. that predate the pandemic, and eighty six wow. billion dollars. <laughs> eighty six billion rescues failing pension plans. <laughs> Meanwhile, billions more go to wow. Obamacare expansion and subsidizing public schools long after the pandemic. And that public is schools just, that aren't even bothering to open, but I'll bet you every one of those teachers is getting their full salary. And that's just scratching the surface. The math does not add up. The numbers here are really quite damning. For the same $6 trillion. Damn. damn. Yeah. Damn. Any trailer park boys? Damn. Mm, great show. Damn. Green eggs and ham. Right. Whiskey in. Uh, for the same $6 trillion in expenditure, the government could have given every federal taxpayer a $41,870 check. Or, to think about it a bit differently, it could have written every American roughly an $18,181 check. Right, because there are more Americans than there are taxpayers. Correct. That's why the number for taxpayers is much higher. Yes. Let's compare this to what most Americans actually received. Only someone who fully collected expanded unemployment benefits throughout uh, the, quote, pandemic, unquote, and received all 3200 in total of the stimulus payments likely received more than $18,181 in direct benefit from this spending package. And that's a relatively small fraction of the public. I hope they put it in cryptocurrency. Oh, yeah, indeed. Uh, because of the way government used outdated arbitrary income data to determine eligibility, many more taxpayers saw nothing or little in exchange for their $41,870 share of the cost. Perhaps just the initial $1,200 stimulus or none at all. More Free Talk Live is coming up. Thanks for tuning in and welcome back to Free Talk Live. The telephone number here in studio is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. It's Ian. And I'm mad as hell. And you're not going to take it anymore? I'm not going to take it anymore. Were you taking it in the first place? Not really. Okay. So you're going to continue not taking it. I'm going to continue not taking it. Excellent. We like it. Uh, we've been talking about this bit from the Free Thought Project 
that says the total for the COVID relief bills that have been passed was enough to give every taxpayer $41,870. Or to put it another way, that's what you owe. That's what your children owe. Yeah. So let's compare this to what most Americans actually received. Uh, you know, thirty-two hundred would be the stimulus payments if you got all three of them—the twelve, the six, and the fourteen. Uh, you could have gotten a little more than that if you, you know, to the tune of over eighteen thousand, if you had also received the expanded unemployment benefits. Uh, but be- which they're bringing back, by the way. Yeah, of course, and going to continue. And uh, you know, sort of as a segue, Melanie brought it up last night, uh, not on air, but in between. Uh, segments that I've felt this for a while too. I felt like these stimulus checks and this expanded unemployment stuff was a potential on ramp to UBI mm. or universal basic income, right? Mm-hmm. That's to get everybody on the government dole, regardless of whether they're working or not. Well, there's a lot of people that are collecting unemployment who I'm sure are really liking not having to work and getting hundreds of dollars a week. Right. I mean, that's pretty sweet, right? Yeah. Uh, for the moment. <laughs> well, that's just it. They're getting them used to getting those payments. So, yeah, and a UBI, they're going to clamor for that. Like, whoa, I can keep the gravy train going? Right. Well, that's the least harmful thing they can do with the money when you think about it. Because anything else they do with the money is going to involve robbing us and giving it to their friends. Well, well, I would rather the gig give it back to us than give it to their friends. Which they'll never do, so. Yeah. And well, I thought that you, I thought you were saying that's what they were preparing to do. Oh, they'll never never give you anything in significance, uh, they, or uh, anything of well, significance. A, a right. UBI uh, is exactly that: is giving it to the people instead of giving it to the uh, to the leeches. But it's insignificant. Whatever it is that they would give to uh, to the people, you're right that it's you know better than giving it to the corporations. But remember, all of these giveaways give billions upon hundreds of billions to the corporations at the same time. So the corporations always end up on on top. Well, burn down some courthouses. <laughs> Make that stop. That's what guillotines are for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're right that there's no way that anything is going to change if we don't make them afraid. They don't even need courthouses anymore. People will just show up for online court. Yeah, and maybe you will. <laughs> oh, yeah? You're not going to? They'll put a warrant out for your arrest, and they'll come find you. I've probably got a warrant out for my arrest. I still haven't yeah. paid for the attorney for being a felon in possession of a farm tool. Let's, let's not mention warrant. They were a really crappy band. <laughs> really hated those guys. At any rate, there, this article also mentions that <laughs> in all of these, we'll call them relief packages that were passed, billions in checks were sent to dead people. So whatever it is their criteria they were using to figure out who to give mm-hmm. you know this money to and not to give it to uh, was so tightly <laughs> you know put together and so well researched. Basically, it's anybody who paid taxes right in the last X number of years, they the sent, last year or two or whatever. They sent billions to people who are dead. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's the so, government. I mean, a billion here, a billion there. Pretty soon, you you're know, talking about real money. Who's counting? So for almost all Americans, the actual benefits of the multiple pieces of lengthy stimulus legislation come in far, far lower 
than the figure they would have received if the entire pile of money was just evenly split up and sent out. How can that possibly be considered a success? In fact, it's actually a net negative. The trade-offs are inescapable. Too often, the stimulus conversation is simply framed around whether we should give money to a certain group of people or a program rather than also including the trade-offs and costs. The question isn't just, should we send people $1,400 stimulus checks? It is instead, should we send people $1,400 stimulus checks at the cost of taking the equivalent amount, or more if you factor in waste, from other people? It's not just whether we should send $350 billion to state and local governments, but should we do so at the cost of taking an average of $2,442 per federal tax victim? I'm sorry, taxpayer. These are good questions. The government doesn't have anything. It doesn't provide anything the government has that it gives to you. It first must take from somebody else. And that's what happens when they print the money, too. Even though they're not taking it directly, they're still taking the value of the money that you might have in a savings account. Right. And and shouldering that debt, presumptively, on unborn children, should the system continue to go on. The government is not Which is Santa a really Claus. good reason to prevent that from happening. Agreed. The government is not Santa Claus. Money doesn't grow on trees. Or, as the great economist Ludwig von Mises put it, the government does not have the powers of the mythical Santa. The truth is, the government cannot give it if it doesn't take from somebody, Mises wrote. Oh, wow. Mm. I didn't realize that was coming up. Uh, They cannot spend except by taking out of the pockets of some people for the benefit of others. The government cannot create wealth out of thin air. It can only give anyone anything via three ways. One, directly increasing taxes, which discourages economic growth and directly takes money away from people. Didn't they just, didn't, uh, wasn't there headlines recently about Biden increasing taxes again? Oh, I'm sure. I think there's something going on with that. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, no matter who gets in that office, taxes are going to increase. I, I have yet to see... Uh, no, well, well, sometimes the Republicans in office. sometimes the Republicans will decrease quote unquote taxes, but they won't decrease spending. Right, so they play a little shell game. Whereas the Democrats, they will actually be honest and say they want more taxes, and apparently that's what's happening. Uh, Biden eyes first major tax hike since 1993 in next economic plan. Wow. So the second method is by running up debt, which we just talked about. Yeah, and the third is printing money, which is a stealth tax. Via public inflation. Which or, is what they've been doing with the trillions of dollars that they've been giving out, because there's no other way for them to get that kind of money except for to just print it out. Which is why in, like, 1982, you could buy a small Mazda pickup truck for $5,795. <laughs> and now it's 50000 for a... It's probably, um, like, thirty or something yeah. for a base model, you know? So, right. yeah. A stealth inflation, of course, and inflation in general, uh, is a result of the banking system, fractional reserve banking. If you don't know what fractional reserve banking is, you should go look that up on the internet. There's a bunch of great videos out there. And remember that Henry Ford said that if the people knew how the banking system operated, we would have a revolution by morning. That is for certain. And it's a crime that more people don't know. More Free Talk Live is on the way. Do you feel like your nation, state, or community no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where people agree that liberty is important and are free to pursue their projects so long as they respect the property of others? 
There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. Their social media links are at the upper right of the page at FreePrivateCities.com. All skill levels will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities opens. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build. FreePrivateCities.com Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. I wish I could turn that into a song somehow. Give it a jingle, you know. You could. It'd be probably not the best song in the world, though. It's it's an interesting number. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. I wonder if it spells anything. I should put that into the. Uh, I think I thing. did, and it wasn't was, anything worth yeah, okay. talking about. Well, that's the number you need if you want to, you know, inscribe it in a. Stone tablet, or <laughs> somebody uh, sent an email complaining that uh, the number is hard to find. It's like, did you try looking at the top of our website? Uh, right, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's right there. How about on any video feed that we have? We also say it multiple times throughout the show. Like, if you if you want to call into this show and you just can't figure out what the number is, you're not trying at all, yeah. <laughs> nor are you paying any attention. You know who can't call into the show. Nope. Who? Unaccompanied migrant children in overflow facilities. If they had our landline, they might be able to call collect. That's true. Okay. I don't know if you get access to phone lines in overflow facilities. I don't either, but uh, that's the new phrase. So I I talk about this frequently where when the government wants to cover up something that they're doing, they give it an unusual amount of words or unusual phrases. They make up new Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, I have a few of my favorites, but this one, unaccompanied migrant children in overflow facilities. What does that mean? What do you suppose that means? Kids in cages. Kids in cages. Yeah. yeah you remember uh, before the election and it was all the rage to criticize Trump for the kids in cages? Indeed. Now yeah. it's not a, a thing at all. The news Well, you media. don't think these hypocrites actually cared about the kids, do No. The kids were a tool. The to kids are still in Trump. cages, by the way. They're yeah. they're just renaming the cages now. They're called unaccompanied migrant children in overflow facilities. Biden approved facilities. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, what's what's one of my favorite Which, ones of these? Great. Now we've got a child molester making these decisions. <laughs> That'll come out great. Well, yeah. What could possibly go wrong? My my favorite one of these euphemisms government makes up is uh, one of my favorites anyway is kinetic military action mm-hmm. also known as bombing ah okay <laughs> yes 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 we have engaged in kinetic military action no 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 you've been bombing people again haven't you so yeah kids in cages again uh they're in the news this from digitaljournal.com the u.s orders emergency agency to help with child migrant search this is directly related to and about the unaccompanied migrant children. It's amazing in overflow that facilities. anybody still wants to actually come into this country, but the mythology about America is very strong in other parts of the world, and I guess their governments really are that much worse. They must be. 
I mean, although some people cling to a belief, right? Maybe they just believe that it's better here without doing any actual research. That's what I'm research. saying. There's a well, lot of mythology. Have you looked at standards of living in, say, Mexico or Venezuela or Puerto Rico? I, or not Puerto Rico. Uh, I have looked anywhere. In, I have looked in Mexico. In fact, before I came here, uh, it was on my list of potential places to go. Hmm. But I came here instead because, hmm. you know, I felt that this was the right place to be. Good move. Glad to have you. I, me too. I, you know, I also didn't want to regret not coming here, mm-hmm. right? Because this was the first place on my list. Yeah, you can always go somewhere and, else. And I thought it would be wise to cultivate multiple options. Sure, you know. And so I looked into some different stuff, and uh, you know, this was still number one mm-hmm. when all was said and done. After what was number two? Homework. Uh, Mexico. Mexico. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mexico was. I knew it was on the list. I wasn't sure if it was number two. It was number two. Okay. Uh, I looked at Chile. I looked at Vietnam. Um, because in places like Chile and Vietnam, you can just show up. And if you have a little bit of money, I'm talking you know, three, $5,000, something like that. And you want to like, I don't know, open a bar. Mm-hmm. You just buy some booze and put a <laughs> <Really>? sign out <laughs> and go open. I'm a bar. I'm That's open. Sweet. You don't have to like fill out any paperwork in the insurance. You know, you know what I mean? You can like work on building your business while you're open. I love it. Yeah. So. At any rate, uh, this article from digitaljournal.com, the Biden administration ordered the government's disaster emergency agency Saturday, that's FEMA for you, for you folks not paying attention, to help with a surge in migrant children crossing the southern border that has overwhelmed processing facilities, also known as cages. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, <laughs> hell of a name, called upon the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, to support an effort to temporarily house thousands of children who crossed the U.S.-Mexico border alone Mm -hmm. amid criticisms that authorities were holding them for long periods in overcrowded facilities. The Health and Human Services, HHS, is currently holding about 8,800 migrant children. Wow. And the U.S. Customs and Border Protection has hundreds more in their charge with more arriving every day. In February alone, CBP detained 9,457 unaccompanied migrant children at the southern border. Facilities are overcrowded and authorities are doubly challenged by restrictions related to COVID-19. Well, it's okay now. The kids are no longer being held by the Customs and Border Patrol. They're in the hands of FEMA. It's okay. Rest easy. <laughs> These are the people that Alex Jones warned you about. The ones with the plastic coffins. Remember after yep. um, Hurricane Katrina, mm-hmm. where the FEMA agency brought in a bunch of like trailers or something like mm-hmm. that, and they were they had like formaldehyde all throughout them, and they were essentially poisoning the people that were staying in them. Remember that story? Mm-hmm. I do. Surprise. These are and the same people now huge, taking care of thousands of children. And they had huge fields full of trailers that never even got delivered. They're probably still sitting there. <laughs> yep. uh, some folks uh, tried to uh, claim and resell them on Craigslist. Oh, my God. Uh, and, of course, were not very successful in doing so because of the aforementioned formaldehyde mm-hmm. and, and you know poison issues. Hmm. Uh, at any rate, the Department of Homeland Security said in a statement that FEMA would be part of a 90-day effort 
to ensure the children are safely sheltered and transferred to people who will take care of them, usually relatives already living in the United States. Now, I'm personally pretty not confident that the government can do anything in a 90-day window. <laughs> no doubt. Let alone actually get kids to people that care about them. I don't believe it. Look at uh, the foster care system. I mean, what a nightmare for some of these kids. How many of these kids are going to end up in you know being human trafficked? Mm. Well, most of the kids who, who do fall victim to human trafficking come out of the foster care system. So a system in which the government is directly involved, responsible, and, uh, you know, takes care of. Yep. Wouldn't be a far stretch to imagine a bunch of them coming out of a large group of them contained and being tossed around by several alphabet agencies also controlled by the government. Mm. Wouldn't be hard to imagine them being tossed around by Biden and a few of his friends. That's what I'm saying. How many of these are ended up on Epstein Island? Mm-hmm. By the way, Epstein didn't kill himself, in case you were wondering. No, he didn't. The federal government is responding to the arrival of record numbers of individuals, including unaccompanied children, at the southwest border, the department said. Since April 2020, the number of encounters at the border has been rising due to ongoing violence, natural disasters, food insecurity, and poverty in the northern triangle uh, countries of Central America. The nearly two-month-old government of President Joe Biden faces growing pressure from migrants apparently encouraging encouraged to try to enter the United States by his rejection of previous President Donald Trump's zero-tolerance policy toward undocumented immigrants. That, as we discovered recently, is just propaganda. Yeah. That is not the case. Uh, they just sort of re retooled the language that they used to give the orders to crack down on immigrants, and really nothing of any significance has changed. While migrant Same adults thing Trump did. and families continue to be sent back to Mexico when they are caught, unaccompanied children are being processed and get help resettling with U.S. relatives. Unaccompanied migrant children in overflow facilities. Kids in cages. More Free Talk Live is on the way. I feel like Freddie Boom Boom Jackson from Welcome Back, Kata. Wow. Freddie Boom 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 Boom. Oh, Freddie, do you play the bass? No, I just like doing this. Boom 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 Boom. Anyway, it is Free Talk Live, the live radio call-in program that's also streaming online and on some satellite stations, where you can call in and take control of the airwaves. The telephone number here is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. I do slow that down a bit. We've had a couple of people call in and say, you know, I think maybe it was the same person twice or something, but a couple of people said, sometimes when you guys say the number, you say it so fast, I can't get it. Mm. We were talking about earlier, but 
you know, it's it's not hard to get the phone number for this show if you want to call in. It's, well, apparently I was wrong. The uh, the person who was saying they couldn't find the number on the website apparently it doesn't show to the mobile users, which now most people are using phones to look oh, at the web, right. so you don't get to see everything that's on the website, which is frustrating. I did see somewhere recently where the old toll-free number was still... I can't remember uh, where. If you see it again, let me know. Yeah, I, I meant to like write it. It could be like, oh, hey, it's still there. I meant to yeah. tell you about it, but I, I didn't because, you know. Yeah, and changing the website is a huge pain in the butt because it's Drupal, which is a big pain. Right. So right. I don't know when or if I'll be able to fix that. <laughs> well, in the PHP studio- is an abomination and Drupal is a horror built on top of it. Yeah. Is that like RuPaul with a D in front of it? Very much like that, yes. Okay, just checking. <laughs> uh, in the studio tonight, it is myself, the captain. It's Ian. It's RuPaul if he'd gotten a D in computer science. RuPaul. And this is nobody. <laughs> Come on, you're somebody, nobody. How can nobody not be somebody? You have to be somebody, nobody. I don't have any words. He's speechless. I am. Have I, I am. Have I left nobody speechless? I guess so. It doesn't oh. happen very often. The last time it happened, somebody said, you've just got an answer for everything, don't you? And I said, I have no idea how to respond to that. <laughs> Which in and of itself was a response. It's true. Well, if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Oh, very nice. Rush. One of the greatest three pieces in rock history. What a rush. Uh, before we go on with the show, I need to tell you about anypayx.com. Everybody's always talking about buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. That's boring as hell. How about earning some Bitcoin, getting paid with it? That's the way. It is money after all. If you want to earn Bitcoin at your business or for your you know, financial activities, anypayx.com is the way to do it. Your customers will love it. Everyone in town will talk about your store or your business being the Bitcoin store or the Bitcoin business. And it is just a ton of fun. Go get the free app and start earning Bitcoin at your business. Visit AnyPayX.com. That's AnyPayX.com. I love AnyPay. It works great. Yeah, I do too. Those guys are doing good work. Uh, We're going to shift gears a little bit. Because, well, we continue to highlight the insanity of the institution more commonly referred to as government. And this from Reason.com. Two California cops have been charged with extorting cash and marijuana from motorists. But without police, who would jack your weed? <laughs> now, this happening in California in the last year? Last five years? This is a recent story? This article is from 3-15-2021. I mean, this is something you would expect to see in the news in 1998, maybe, when, you know, weed was still mostly illegal, with the exception of medical, that had just started in California, well, but Well, you got to remember that these well, guys are got on enough, power trip. They've got enough laws in California that you can't turn around without breaking one. They can always find something to blackmail you for. I mean, there's no doubt the cops are going to do what cops are going to do, in this case, extort and use violence and threats against people. But, I mean, 
are the cops that hard up for some weed? They can, I mean, everywhere you turn in California, you can find weed legally. But now. if it's they don't free, pay for anything, that's yeah. true. They, if it's they, free, they, they, if it, they expect everything handed to them for free, from their coffee to their donuts to their mm. weed to you know they they gotta they gotta yeah, rape it, the occasional motorist. It is really you know. interesting to note that people give cops free stuff. When in fact they're already living off the public's money. Yeah, well, people Ooh. love, uh, love, love the police. I mean, only in twenty twenty people do, but I'm nobody. Uh, only in twenty twenty <laughs> was the first time we ever really saw any significant public pushback against the police with the uh, the murder of George Floyd and the subsequent protests uh, that erupted from that. But overall, I mean, the police still, you know, they have a very large approval rating with uh, a lot of the population because people believe the mm-hmm. mythology that the police are mm-hmm. uh, this sort of uh, protection from insanity and, uh, you know, crazed maniacs running around. You, have you noticed, though, that since they burned down that police station, there haven't been a whole lot of, you know, police shootings for no reason? Uh, that, I that's noticed actually that. kind of receded into the background. There a was bit. one story that I had in show prep that I don't think we talked about, but it was another one of these where the cops decided to kneel on a guy's neck and yep. killed him. Mm. Uh, I don't think we covered that here on Free Talk Live, but there, I had it in show prep. We've covered recently. that like 10,000 times on Free Talk Live. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this specific person as opposed to the oh, many, okay. many people before but i don't know nobody i think it would be interesting to, to you look don't at know me uh, I, I don't i know nobody i don't know <laughs> let me comma, introduce you ian nobody i don't nobody, know ian. comma nobody uh i don't think comma. that uh that there have been you know the numbers have come out yet as far as 2020 i mean maybe you feel like the number of bad police shooting innocent people has gone down i don't know if i buy that i think that uh, it's still going on and oh, i'm sure it is maybe yeah. it's just not getting the coverage yeah, I mean, the coverage, uh, the media was sort of hot and heavy about that coverage during the summertime, and I think they've sort of drifted yeah. away from it now. Yeah. Well, Trump's not in office anymore. Good point. So this is from Reason.com. Two California cops charged with extorting cash and marijuana for motorists. Now, if if they're charged with doing both of these things simultaneously and not separately, not, oh, they you know extorted some cash from this guy and they extorted some marijuana from this guy. No, instead, they extorted some cash and marijuana at the same time. That means they got paid to take somebody else's weed. I want to get further into it, but just, you know, on what we were just talking about here, I just, I just searched... The internet for police shoot man and clicked on news. <laughs> you know, there's plenty of stories about the police shooting people here. Now, whether they're outrageous, you know, where they rank on the scale of outrageous police shootings versus kind of justified, obviously, I don't know. But there's uh, there's a ton of them. What's that website where they? It's the non-government website where they keep track of how many people have died by police. I don't know. Killed offhand. by police. Killed by police. Or or like the counted. I think mm. is another one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll look them up uh, here in a bit. Uh, but, yeah, after news investigations uncovered numerous allegations that cops in a small California town were robbing motorists. Now, hang on, i got to stop here because in the libertarian, anarchist, voluntarists mm, circles, the communities that we find ourselves in, there is a term for policemen. We call them road pirates. Mm-hmm. All right, because 
why they sit in their cars lurking behind, I don't know, signs, you know, other obstructions, you know, setting up speed traps or otherwise trying to entrap people into some sort of bureaucratic crime in order to extract money from you. Well, they've taken it to another level now. If only they had hooks for arms and an eye patch to identify them. That could be arranged, you know, just got to put the work into remodeling them. Uh, so a small California town, uh, some allegations that cops were robbing motorists of cash and weed. Two former officers are now facing federal charges. Federal prosecutors have charged Ronert Park, California, or were charged in Ronert Park, California with extorting, blah, blah, blah. In an unsealed criminal complaint filed on March 9th, federal prosecutors for the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Northern District of California say two former drug Interdiction officers, blah, 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 Brendan J.C., that's what I was looking for, the names. Brendan J.C. Tatum and Joseph Huffaker. That's Brendan J.C. Tatum and Joseph Huffaker conspired to extort at least $3,700 in cash and 60 pounds of marijuana with a value of at least $85,000. Like they're not living well enough off the money the government steals from you. Protecting and serving. That's right. They'll protect you and serve you to death. More Free Talk Live on the way. Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. Go there now. Click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find a cornucopia of information neatly organized for your needs. If you're a knowledgeable crypto user, check out news.bitcoin.com where you can get the latest headlines. Bitcoin.com is your source for buying cryptocurrency, getting a wallet app, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news, all on a slick and easy-to-use website, all put together by the best minds in the business to teach you about cryptocurrency. Bitcoin.com. Free Talk Live. Here they come, a cruising up your street. They get the funniest looks from everyone they meet. Hey, hey, it's Free Talk Live. Here we are. People say we do a live talk radio program. Where you could call in and take control of the airwaves. You can. The telephone number to do so. Most won't. Is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. Yeah, there's still this radio stigma, I guess, to folks radio who... Radio stigma. Yeah, to Wait. folks who call it. Queen <laughs> song. <laughs> All we hear is radio stigma. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Folks get nervous is really all I'm saying when they call into radio shows. Oh, yeah. It's not everybody. That's not stigma. That's anxiety. Stigmas is when you're you're either, well, you're stigmatized when you're shamed for something and... and, Right, but people become all sorts of self-conscious... Knowing that their voice but self-consciousness is, being is not stigma. Stigma is is related to right. a well, judgment stand, made about the person, either by himself or by somebody else. Mm. Thank you, Captain Vocabulary. <laughs> Citizen Arcane. <laughs> I sit correct. Nobody knows big words. <laughs> no, nobody certainly does. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. 
Pneumono Ultra Microscopic Silica Volcano Coniosis. Ooh, wow. That's right. That's pretty good. I had to spell that it? once. It's, uh, it's also known as black lung. Oh, man. It's the disease of inhaling quartz dust. Miners, not M-I-N... Quartz of the stuff. but Even a pint of dust will mess you up. Yes. So coal miners and other assorted miners, M-I-N-E-R-S, not M-I-N-O-R-S... Gotcha. ...would get this disease and so pneumonia ultramicroscopic oh, black coniosis yeah. is the Damn. the actual term for it but nobody could pronounce that or remember how to spell it or whatever, i mean so. good god if you had the bloody disease couldn't. you couldn't keep your breath up long enough to say <laughs> that word that's just cruel that's like naming lisp what they did so if you've got one you can't say it yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's just Cold. Hey, I got some numbers for you. Yeah, so in the previous segment, we were talking about the number of folks killed. Well, we didn't know. By uh, police. And yeah. There, throughout time, there have, Nobody been, knew. there have been websites and studies and all this sort of thing put up, and now you have data. Uh, yeah, because nobody had said last in the last segment that he thought maybe the number of police shootings and abuses had gone down right. in 2020 due to all the hubbub uh, in the summertime, the protests, for instance, etc. they burned down the police station suggesting, in Minneapolis. Suggesting yes! that some Somehow these that things was were such su- joy to watch. That somehow these things. I don't disagree. It was uh, fun to watch that, but <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, it hasn't done anything to slow the police violence. According to MappingPoliceViolence.org, police killed 1,127 people in the year 2020, compared to because you got to compare it yep. uh, to 2019. According to prisonpolicy.org, the police killed 1,099 people in 2019. And in 2018, uh, I saw that it was just below 1,000. So it's been about 1,000 a year, but it's been rising over the last few years. So actually, the police killings went up in the year 2020 as compared to the previous two what years. What was the number in 2020? Uh, 2020, according to MappingPoliceViolence.org, it is 1,127 people in the United States. That does not include the rest of the planet. 1,127. So that is correct. More than in 2019 and wow. 2018. I'm looking for the date. You know, there used to be some sites that tracked this this sort of thing. It is. It's MappingPoliceViolence.org. Oh, it's still Okay, it is still there. Yeah, the counted used to be one, and I can only find an article that references the data, but it seems to have stopped in 2016 for some reason. Perhaps it was, I don't know, I, I, the, there is no website. Further, this website has some more interesting breakdowns. It also has like a, a heat map where it plays the entire year from start to finish, and it shows you pop, pop, pop all over the, the map, like where all the uh, police killings are happening, which is pretty uh, pretty wild. As a uh, compliment to your, and I don't mean, you know, yes, thank you, you did a good job on bringing up there, that's not what I mean by a compliment, mm-hmm. but this from prisonpolicy.org, mm-hmm. published June 5th of 2020, uh, there's no question that the number of police killings of civilians in the U.S. who are disproportionately black and other people of color are the result of pol- policies and practices that enable and even encourage police violence. Compared to police in other wealthy countries, American police kill civilians at an incredibly high rate. That's correct, yeah. Uh, in the United States, uh, this is number of people killed by law enforcement per 10 million 
uh, in the most recent years. So if this was published in 2020, this is probably 2019 numbers, would be 33.5 per 10 million mm-hmm. in the United States. Nothing mm-hmm. else is even close. Nothing else is even close. Canada's next with 9.8. Now this is in quote-unquote democracies or wealthy countries. Wealthy, yeah. other wealthy countries is what it, this is labeled. Yeah. So They've only killed like 10 in Japan. Uh, zero in Iceland. Yeah, yep. actually, on this chart, Japan, Iceland has only had one police killing in history, as mm-hmm. far as I know. On on this chart, uh, Germany comes in at one point three per ten million. England and Wales comes in at a half a person per ten million, and Japan comes in at point two two tenths of a person. I I gotta I I gotta say I feel sorry. What country was that with a half? Uh, England, England and, Wales. and Wales. I feel sorry for. Th- for that guy because they only half killed him and then he had to limp around you know the the, i mean yeah. at least put him out of his misery finish your business that's what you're ian, gonna do ian it. you were saying there was just other interesting statistics on here from 2020 there were only 18 days in the year where police did not kill someone hmm. uh according oh, they to must have been numbers. on vacation <laughs> don't they get like three weeks uh blacks are three times more likely to be killed by the police Surprise! than white people and 1.3 times more likely to be unarmed as compared to white people. Also surprise. Uh, you are five times... Maybe there's a relationship there. Maybe they're uh, more likely to be killed because they're less likely to be armed. You are five times more likely to be killed by police in Oklahoma than you are in Georgia, apparently. And there's no accountability. 98.3% of killings by police from 2013 through 2020 have not resulted in officers being charged with a crime. Now, remember, that's only if the officer is charged. There's even fewer cases where the officers are actually convicted of, uh, of a crime. In but the egregious cases. thing is them not getting charged. Because yeah, what sure. that means is prosecutors it, who, who do anything but prosecute police will tell you, I can indict a ham sandwich. Sure. That is, that is a, a, a traditional phrase. Because, but, but not just a conviction, because the conviction isn't entirely in their hands. But any prosecutor who wants an indictment is going to get an indictment. And the reason mm-hmm. they're not getting indictments off these people, they they're are buddies. throwing these trials. And, but also... And, but I'll tell you what, I would like to do an experiment. Somebody should take one of those killer cops, slice them thin, put them on bread, see if they can indict them <laughs> then. Because they say they can do a ham sandwich. Is that a sliced pork sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you mentioned uh, 2019. The United States had 1,099, right? That's what the website you're looking at said. No, but you had mentioned it as well. You yeah. mentioned, uh, and so just for comparison, no other country on this list is even in triple digits. So if the United States These are only the quote unquote wealthy, the wealthy countries, countries however, right. if the United States killed uh, police officers killed 1,099 people. Next on the list is Canada at 36. Okay, so we are, we're always talking about the problems. Oh, God, look how bad it is. Oh, God, look how bad it is. Now, this is a time when it's a good idea to talk about what can you do. And there are answers to that now. Uh, uh, well, one, ex- one answer, one that, that I'm devoting myself full time, is cell 411. What if you get pulled over and you're in enough cells 
that you push that button and 20 of your closest friends come out of the woodwork before they can beat you like a red-headed stepchild. That's an improvement. That is definitely something that I have a high degree of interest in, nobody. Thank you for your efforts on that. 603-283-6160. What happens when you call the cops? Welcome back to the program. Welcome back to the show. It is Free Talk Live. If you're a first-time listener or you've just tuned in, you can find out all about us at freetalklive.com. Some of the radio stations that carry the program do not carry us seven days a week, but we do broadcast seven days a week. So if you like the show, you like the characters, you like the content that we bring, you can listen to us online over at freetalklive.com or at lrn.fm. We also broadcast across a whole bunch of social media channels. How many do we got now? Eight, nine, ten? Social media? I have no idea. Didn't you? You talk about the video channels? Yeah, you just added a bunch of video Uh, channels. Yeah, I don't consider those to be social media, although some of them have chat rooms associated, so I guess it's kind of social. But yeah, we're on like five or six different video We're we're all over the place. We're worldwide on the web, so... Uh, If you do want to call on the show, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. It's Ian. And nobody with a little bit of hope for humanity. The next time you're arguing with a socialist about, no, the current system is socialism. No, the current system is capitalism. No, the current system is socialism, which we frequently, that's what the arguments devolve into. Indeed. It, it it gives me hope to reflect that at least both sides of that fight are smart enough to hate the system we have. That's a good point. They I- both want to get rid of it. And the reality is it doesn't really matter that much what the other guys want to do after the boogaloo or what you want to do after the boogaloo because the reality is the world's going to turn out where the way it turns out and neither you nor i are going to have much impact on what happens to the world what we're going to have some impact on is what happens in our immediate area Mm -hmm. so if vermont goes socialist and secedes and new hampshire goes uh goes capitalist and secedes i'm all for it and as a matter of fact i would probably uh voluntarily show up and work with their militia if for example the feds were trying to take them back and not take us back for some reason maybe they're oh, good li- right. good riddance to those damn capitalists yeah there <laughs> oftentimes seems to be a competition or at least it appears to me that there's a competition amongst libertarians, voluntarists, anarchists even, uh, that I'm more X than you are, right? I'm more libertarian than you are because my philosophy yeah. is blah, blah, blah. And it, you know, See, I always- that's why I want to take over the pirate party. 
Because people are always, oh, you're not a real libertarian. You're not a real libertarian. But if people say, you're not a real pirate, you just say, arr. (laughs) (laughs) I I always say to these folks, look, we agree that the state is something that needs to go away, right? Mm -hmm. And generally they go, yep, as long as they're a voluntarist anarchist or libertarian. And so my bit then is just, well, let's get Mm -hmm. to that point first. And then we can figure out all the subgenres of, you know, music. You, if you, will. you know who, how you could actually finance? Are you pointing your finger guns I'm at me? I'm pointing my finger gun at you. All right. No, I I'm don't. I'm talking to you. What, what was the question? Uh, one way that this would be an interesting way to finance the pirate party. There's a pirate with, coin with, with booty. There's a pirate coin out there, there is. that's R- like at yeah, thirty A-R-R. cents. Or something like that. So here's what you do. You buy like $50,000 worth of that coin. And then basically the rest of financing the the, uh, the party just comes down to getting all the members of the party to convince other people to use that coin to, do, to increase demand for it and thereby magnify this investment that you've put into the pirate party. So basically, it's a way of doing part of your, a little bit of your financing up front and then continuing to finance in very small amounts by just spending it like you would Bitcoin cash. Um, and uh, and by doing that, you could make that organization actually actually powerful if you can get enough, enough people on board. Ladies and gentlemen, nobody with today's coin advice. Nobody, can, nobody thinks of things like this. Uh, we'll talk more about what we were talking about, which is police. And in fact, we have a caller. Uh, his name is Steve calling from North Carolina. Steve, you are on free talk live. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey Steve, what's on your mind? Hey, so, uh, going back to that uh, conversation you were having before the break about some of the police things. Um, I, I think an important part of this is that the prosecutors, a lot of times, charge these police with crimes that they know damn well they're not going to get a conviction on. I mean, you look at what's going on in Minnesota right now. They're not going to get a third-degree murder charge on Chauvin. I mean, the, the Minnesota law just doesn't doesn't add up. It's not going to work. So the, the, uh, Chauvin's probably going to walk, and it's not going to matter because they over-prosecuted him, and, and that's why he's going to get off. In all likelihood, he'll get off scot-free. I'm not and that's not him, an accident. But, that's not, no, an not an accident. These prosecutors that's are an professionals. Part of the conversation, no? Huh? It's an important part of the conversation, though. It is. It's, it's, it's not necessarily that the cops are always walking scot-free because they've got buddies in high places. Well, yes, I'm, that absolutely does happen. But it was in a this, buddy in, in a high thing. place who decided to overcharge him, so he got off. Well, that that's is the case. The wave is deception. You know, when you are large, appear small. When you're small, appear large. In the case of Minnesota, they're overcharging him to meet popular demand. They Mm -hmm. think that they can win the masses over by overcharging this guy. And in all reality, it's probably going to end up in a hung jury or or some sort of total acquittal. And it's only going to upset people more. So it's just a mess. Well, what I'd like to know is whether Wisconsin has an open murder statute. It's uh, Minnesota. 
uh, or yeah, Minnesota has as an open murder statute. Open murder is basically you charge someone with homicide, but you don't even speculate as to what the degree is. That becomes a matter for the jury. Oh, so then basically you get as much as you can sell. If a statute like that exists on, in Wisconsin, that is Minnesota. certainly what the sh- cop should have been charged under because you never know what juries are going to do with cops. There are some deluded souls out there that genuinely love these monsters. Well, I think, I, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's definitely the case. Um, but I, I just, I think more more times than not, you see, especially with, public cases like all of these, uh, you know, a lot of these things that have gone on over the past couple of years that happen to be white officer on African-American male, the prosecution overcharges so that they can try to make a big deal out of it. And it normally ends up blowing up. Okay. Can we keep this guy for next segment? Yeah. You want to hang out, Steve? Yeah. Steve? All right, cool. I'm going to put you back on hold. We'll have more about this coming up on Free Talk Live. Uh, it's Minnesota, not Wisconsin, just to be yeah, clear to, yeah, our, to our audience. Yeah. Uh, even though their accents are very similar. Don't okay. you know? Oh, yeah, don't you know? They're, they're hey. like next to we'll each get, other. We'll get two or three of them together, and they talk the same. Carl Watner, longtime proponent of a voluntary society, died last December. You may have seen his articles published on his website, Voluntarius.com, in his newsletter, The Voluntarist, The Mises Institute, or elsewhere over the last 40 years. His newest book, I Must Speak Out, Volume 2, The Best of the Voluntarist, is now available via Liberty Under Attack Publications. This 430-page second volume spans the years of 2000 through 2020 and includes articles by Carl Watner. Hans Hermann Hoppe, Carl Hess, Benjamin Tucker, George H. Smith, Lysander Spooner, Pete Ayer, Joyce Brand, and many others. I Must Speak Out is for the newly initiated, the veteran voluntarist, or anywhere in between. Buy the book now at libertyunderattack.com slash voluntarist. For more great content on building a voluntary society and for Carl's extensive archives, check out voluntarist.com. Our triumphant return to the radio airwaves as well as internet streams and some satellite channels. We're back the same day we left. We're back. Yes, it's only been four minutes since you last heard us. Unless, of course, you're just tuning in. In which case, you're in the right place for Free Talk Live. The live call-in radio talk show program where you can take control of the airwaves. We'll get back to your calls in just a moment, in the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass, joining it's me. It's Ian. And the nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. And we were having... Or what's left of him. We were having a discussion <laughs> with a caller from North Carolina about the Chauvin trial, and the uh, he wanted to comment on more on what that means uh, as far as the police goes and how it relates to our conversation earlier. Okay. Um, uh, Steve, you are back on, right? Yes, sir. Okay, just want to make sure you're there. Go ahead, nobody. Do you remember what his point was when he uh, when he was getting off the air? Because he said something <laughs> I remember wanting to answer it. Let's, let's ask him ourselves. Steve, do you remember your point? 
Yeah, we're talking about overcharging. I mean, I think it's clear that Keith Ellison's goal in uh, in Minnesota is either to get this guy get this guy convicted, that'll be great, or let him walk so that you know all hell will break loose. Um, and to me, it seems like the latter because what they've charged Chauvin with, I don't think they'll find a, a jury that will charge him um, without any reasonable doubt based on mm-hmm. some of the evidence that the uh, that the defense has. And I've been watching the jury selection all. Uh, all last week and then today, um, I, I just I don't see it happening. And I think in this case, um, he's probably going to walk, and then it'll be another situation of a cop not getting charged for a death. Mm. But they were not. I, I don't think the intent is ever to charge. It depends. I, I, don't, I don't see him getting charged. I think it depends on how they watch that video, though. Be if if it if it does end up to trial, because the thing is, what I picked up from that was that he intended to kill him from the beginning. I don't know why, but he looked he looked like a guy who was trying to kill a guy to me. Everything in his well, behavior. That, I mean, you, um and he knew agree with He knew this cat. He knew this cat. They worked together at 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 a bar. Um so I don't know. I think it I think it could be any number of 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 things, but I think there's more to the story because everything in that guy's manner and attitude and the way he was dealing with things and just staring off into the crowd like, "Yeah, I'm just waiting for this guy to die." Um I don't know. It uh, it creeped me out is what it did. Yeah, I mean, I'm with, I think, the majority of folks who think this guy needs to be, you know, some form of justice needs to occur here. Never going to happen. I don't I'm think with it's going to happen. This, that, that this whole thing's set up. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't think anything's going to happen. It also occurs to me uh, as a tangent that anybody who supports this guy is a chauvinist. <laughs> yeah, I think it's definitely true in this case Probably and a chauvinist so, pig. so many other cases Certainly. where police have clearly done something violent and uncalled for. And if you get charges, you know they're almost never going to stick you all, you know, they're going to be reduced. You know, they're not going to get uh, found convicted or guilty of that, which is why you know a fraction of the police who are even ever charged, which most police are never charged, as we learned earlier, but a fraction of those who are charged are ever found guilty. It's almost impossible. So they just do these things just to try to assuage people, try to make it look like, well, we're doing something. Well, we tried. We charged him. Well, the system, I guess, is imperfect. Spend- they spend millions, millions on a on a on a trial, and it'd be much easier for the family to spend fifty thousand and just get it fixed. Steve? So the question is, though, who's responsible for this? Because right, Keith Ellison is, is is I would think would want there to not be a conviction oh, for political oh, purposes. You just reminded me what you wanted. Uh, what what the point I was. what I wanted to talk about which is that there I've been following police brutality for a long time for like 10 years okay and I've been following it not with an eye to to color cuz that's not really my issue although um I've uh, I've changed my position on that I there was a time when I would not have been uh when when I look to scans like Black Lives Matter and I don't anymore. 
Um, you know, I I understand now why they why they specify um black, but the thing is I've been watching uh, reports of police brutality, and the first thing that you notice about them is they always get buried by the media. Okay, and that went on for like six years, mm-hmm. and then about four years ago, all of a sudden, the media started covering killings by police, right? Which oh. they would normally just sweep under the carpet. But the kicker was. I was watching this happen for years, and it always happened to all races of people. And it continued happening to all races of people. But when the media decided to suddenly start talking about it for a minute, when it served their propaganda purposes, Mm -hmm. uh, the only ones they talked about were black. And they deliberately created the the illusion that this is entirely a black problem when Duncan Lemp is just as dead. Right. You know? And and but at the same time, I understand why they feel the need to hear black lives matter yeah. because we said all men are created equal and we didn't include them. And then we said liberty and justice for all and we didn't include include them. So sooner or later, it's fair for them to say, hey, do you mind just letting me know if all includes black folks this time? That's a reasonable question to ask because although you're not morally responsible for the acts of your uh your ancestors as a matter of reputation um you you also can't escape that yes people will associate you with your ancestors no matter who you are your thoughts steve um no t- totally and I, and I and i'm right up with you there on, on on black lives matter and that whole thing so the real question is now with chauvin is this guy is this guy even get a fair trial because to me, it seems like now with the was it a twenty seven million dollar payoff to the family, guilty um, or innocent, he's not going to get a fair trial because right. everybody, myself included, has made their mind up about this account based on their politics. And so the question so is, do? can they stack the jury right wing or do they stack the jury left wing? Uh, Voidier is going to tell the tale, huh? I mean, he. he no matter what you think of the guy, he should be given a fair trial. What do you do in a situation where you can't give somebody a fair trial? That's a question that well, I haven't heard anybody talk about. That's a good I question. mean, if I was in that situation and I had to do it, I'd just have to remember that when they took me, I didn't get a fair trial either, so screw them. Okay, so, so <laughs> I thought I for two? Huh? Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. So eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Well, I didn't declare war on them. They declared war on war on me. And to me, when one falls, it's just one. There, it's just one enemy soldier down. Hey, thank you know, today, because Steve. they will continue to harm me until somebody either fi- makes them stop, either by uh, firing them or otherwise. I mean, in. It it happens frequently when there's a highly publicized case, and it you know it goes to jury. I mean, it, 
is any are any of those trials fair? What is a fair no. trial? What's the definition of a fair trial? What does the state think a definition of a fair trial is? Because I'm sure it's different than my definition. Yeah, well, their definition is all the money they can steal from the whole state against how much money one guy can raise. Mm-hmm. Thanks again for the call, Steve. We appreciate it. Uh, this is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. We've got more of tonight's Monday Night Edition coming up. We might not be able to get you in. We've got some calls on hold, but save that number. We're on seven nights a week here at Free Talk Live. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. It's Ian. And nobody. Can I do a brief brief commercial? No. Okay, fine. I've got a double up here on a couple of things. Uh, ForkFest 2021 is coming up. You can join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 28th through July 4th for ForkFest 2021 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest happens the week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and ForkFest is decentralized, which means no one is in charge. By the way, uh, you mentioned the Porcupine Freedom Festival there. They're putting out news that they have more tickets sold to the Porcupine Freedom Festival this year already than sold in total in the year 2020. So it looks like the Porcupine Freedom Festival is going to be very well attended with over a thousand tickets already sold. That I think is going to bode well for ForkFest because ForkFest has no tickets and it's the week after. So it should be a big year for ForkFest. And if it continues... To go as it has been, this is going to be a very good year because we went through some rough spots for a few years there, and now it's like there's everybody's just there to have fun. Nobody yep. nobody seems to care about any of it anymore. All you got to do is reserve your camping RV site or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 28th through July 4th. Where better to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire? If you are planning an event for ForkFest, be sure to let others know in advance. You can connect with fellow ForkFesters on the unofficial Telegram chat or the ForkFest forum. Links to those are on the unofficial website, ForkFest.party. Mark your calendar for June 28th through July 4th, 2021, and we'll see you at ForkFest.party. Also, I need to say thank you to Liberty Is Life. Liberty is Life is a silver level amplifier for this radio program that you're listening to. What is an amplifier, you might ask? Well, it's somebody who contributes a dollar amount on a monthly basis to help get this radio program that you're listening to right now onto more radio stations. We're currently on 185 or so stations. Mm -hmm. We could be on 200. We could be on 250 stations. It's all up to you. Please consider contributing to us over at amp.freetalklive.com. We only ask for 5 bucks a month. You can contribute more. There's a couple of different levels, and you get some neat perks for your contributions. So please visit amp.freetalklive.com. And thanks again to Liberty Is Life. We appreciate you supporting what we do here. Let's go right away to your calls. And we have 
Richard, who's calling from Florida. Richard, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, I've um, <clears throat> been listening since like 2004 or something. Thanks. I really miss Mark. Don't you need to show. sleep? Like he, he always uh, <laughs> put a, uh, I don't know, just a, a different perspective that wasn't so, uh, I don't know, libertarian. Just like people walking around the town, you know, like with cameras. Mark is still around, just not as frequently. He uh, he does what I call gallivanting. He goes from place to place. He's searching for places where you know uh, men might consider themselves more free. And so well, you can tell where the men are men and the and sheep it, are scared. Kind of sad. Sorry, I couldn't it's hear you sad. both. You were talking at the same time. Go ahead, Richard. Uh, well, uh, it just seems like Mark's kind of breaking away because, like, the way the direction is going just isn't really. Uh, what direction? Uh, well, the whole direction is just becoming this. Uh, His direction's away from here. Direction of what? Well, the direction that the radio show is, and because I had listened for a few years, and I I just tuned back in, and um, so you haven't been listening since like 2004. It just seems like direction is just focused on this free state thing, which it's it's not working, and like. Well, that's ridiculous. Don't we just, don't talk about the free state very often on Free Talk. No, I mean, it does, it does just, come it up. Working. New Hampshire thing. Like, I don't think it's any more New focused Hampshire on New Hampshire than it ever has been, sir. Well, right. But if I were to move there, my property taxes would be like tenfold. What yeah, it's they not are. for you. Okay. Not and, for uh, yeah. Well, no. I, but, if if uh, that was the case with me, I mean, I solved the problem by. Uh, um, well, I'm working on solving that problem by uh, yeah, well, by other Cy means. Sperling but the really uh, needs to step into but the, the thing studio. Is, like would you guys I, need to have Cy Sperling step in there. I don't know who that is. And uh, no, let well, me get a word in. Let me get a word and, in, like, bro. Yeah, hang on, Richard. Let me answer you. Okay. okay. The bottom line is, if my my property tax would go up tenfold for being here, and it certainly has not. Um, and certainly my overall tax burden is much lower than it's ever been uh, for various reasons. But the other thing is, but if it was 10 times more, I would pay that to live in a society where there was at least an identifiable subset of people who, when I say the government sucks, don't argue with me. Oh, my God. The greatest joy on earth is finding the community where you can be a moderate. Um, <laughs> Richard, Richard, go ahead. You, you can find that in other places. Like, I got that around here in my property tax bill. How many I got to pay at the end of the month is $529 for the whole year. When's the last time that there were two major anarchist events in your area and you had to decide which one to go to? In, um, in the Florida Panhandle? Like, we, we don't have, like, hippie concerts, but we, we go fishing without licenses and uh, all sorts of stuff. Like, yeah, I grow food see, all year we round. We have 2,000-person like, gatherings. garden there. We have two thousand person gatherings. You know, it's a little. It's not regularly, and not well, in a yes, long regularly, time. regularly and for decades. Pork fest. You're wearing no, masks. Never hit two thousand. Your businesses are shut down. I'm, I'm not, not wearing, wearing a mask. Yeah. I did wear oh, well, a Guy no, Fox no, mask. Get a clue, bro. I mean, if you're going to call into what the show and talk crap, no, you should no, at least I'm, know I'm what you're talking about. Be, I'm not trying to be facetious. I'm just trying to say, like, 
I miss Mark's influence well, on the show because thank I you really for being the program that, director. You have a good night, that, Michael. Uh, I mean, if there was a good dynamic, like neither of us are gonna are going to fight with you the way Mark does, uh, because we mostly we agree a lot more. And, I don't agree with you about using violence against the state, and I bring it up almost yeah. every time you go there. So, oh, it's true. Uh, you want to have true. a fight, and, we can and that's do that. why I keep why I keep going there. It's important to have different viewpoints, but I think that's that's the one thing that people miss about about mark is he kind of even though he technically i don't think he was a minarchist he always he was always willing to play devil's advocate hmm. i think he actually was a minarchist for a very well, long he, time he might be playing devil's advocate because he's, he's the devil but. and he still has the, some of those views let's go to uh, david in new mexico david you're on free talk live to infinity and beyond that's that's what my taxes would go from uh, new mexico to anywhere because i pay zero don't pay us. um that's huh? great. How can other people also pay zero? Well, you can start a church. Well, I'm sorry, I was asking David. All they get, no, 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 no. Let me answer. All you got to do is move to New Mexico and ha- and live in a typical New Mexican house uh, in a rural area, and your property tax will be basically zero, if not zero. Once again, everybody just wants people to move to where they live, as though you no, know that's not already been going I didn't on say here. To do that, I'm just giving you. I'm just giving you math. Anyway, it's not what I called about. What I called I'd about much is, rather uh, be surrounded by anarchists. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, there's plenty of anarchists around here, but that's oh, not what sure I called about. I, call, I called to uh, to uh, display how they roll. So this this guy T.J. Trout on this radio, uh, for instance, today he had uh, my the judge Roderick Kennedy on a, again. I discovered that just like UNM law professor Joshua Kastenberg, who is a regular uh, weekly, uh, twice weekly guest on the T.J. Trout show on KKOB Radio in New Mexico. So is retired Judge Roderick Kennedy. He's now uh, part of the uh, the uh, the. Do I know who out- any yeah, of these people, people are? are? It's a thanks for the call, David. It's Boring. A, it's a big club, and you ain't in it, uh, David. Yeah, um, specifically. So, oh, I David, don't keep the taxonomy of the members. They're just a bunch of scumbags. David's point is that uh, with whatever he's dealing with with these folks is that there's a big club that he's not in, and mm-hmm. they're all literally working against him. Uh, you know, the radio stations that don't allow yeah. him to call are, you know, whoever runs the show is buddies with the prosecutor or the chief of police involved in mm-hmm. his case, et cetera, and so on. It is a big club, and he's not in it. Yeah, and, you know, that is on a, on a wider on a wider scale. That's certainly what we see uh, politically is they they align every segment of society against liberty. You know, and it is very organized. As a matter of fact, we are out of time for today. If you missed any part of our program, you can find it over at freetalklive.com in our archive section. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Peace. Welcome to another exciting adventure of Jonathan Gullible. As you may recall, we last left Jonathan Gullible on a remote Pacific island after his boat was blown far off course by a terrific storm. Eager to learn about the inhabitants of this island, Jonathan wandered across a town square where he came across a vicious hair-pulling, nail-scratching brawl between a man and a woman. Just as the police were dragging them away, Jonathan nudged an onlooker and said, What was the fighting all about? Oh, these two have been screaming at each other for years about the books in the council library. The man says that many of the books are full of trashy sex and immorality, that they should be taken out and burned. What does the woman say to that? (laughs) She calls him a pompous Puritan. However, she claims that many of the library books have sexist and racist messages. 
She demands that those books should be burned and that her list of books should be purchased instead. And I suppose the police are arresting them because of this brawl. (laughs) Not at all. Both of them are being arrested for not paying the book tax. You see, according to the law, everyone is compelled to pay for all the books, whether they like them or not. Why aren't these people allowed to pay their money to a library of their own choosing? Then they wouldn't have to pay for books they don't like. Oh, there used to be such libraries. They were called subscription libraries because you could voluntarily pay for those you liked. But they've been driven out of business by the free libraries that people are forced to pay for. Everyone's got to pay for those or go to jail. It's much more civilized, don't you think? So ends another bizarre episode in the life of Jonathan Gullible. Build freedom with laughter. Join the community. Access free media clips and more. Or get your free PDF copy of the book. Go to jonathangullible.com now. jonathangullible.com Ross Ulbricht is serving a double life sentence without parole for all nonviolent charges. He is a first-time offender, and no victims were named at trial. Ross is condemned to die in a cage because he made a website called Silk Road that allowed people to exchange what they chose using Bitcoin as long as no third party was harmed. Please help. Sign and share the petition at freeross.org to commute Ross's sentence and bring him home. This is a Corona Crisis Self-Reliance Alert. If you're worried about the power grid in the current crisis and want to generate your own supply of off-the-grid electrical power just in case, pay close attention. Here's why. A limited supply of solar backup generators will be available again in the next two weeks. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving electrical backup power when you get off the grid. And unlike gas generators, these solar generators run quietly, emit no fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Dangerous weather, social unrest, or overloaded grids this summer will not be a problem if you go to MySolarBackup.com and get your solar backup generator. We regret that supplies are limited and only available on a first-come, first-served basis. Check availability at MySolarBackup.com. Never suffer painful power outages again. Go to MySolarBackup.com. That's MySolarBackup.com.